0: Genesis chapter 12 is the central passage in the book of Genesis. The book of Genesis is the first book in our Bible, and this passage is the central, the middle, uh, the core passage of this entire book. It is the place where everything else springs from that comes after it. Genesis chapter 12. Before I read Genesis chapter 12, verse 1, if you've opened your Bible and you found it, you'll see... uh, that there's some scriptures immediately before that, at the very end of Genesis 11, that kind of paints the picture and, and launches us into the story. And I want to start at Genesis chapter 11, verse 27, just so that we have a launch, launching point into the story of Genesis 12. The word of the Lord says, "This is the genealogy of Terah. Terah begot Abram, Naor and Haran. And Haran begot Lot. And Haran died before his father Terah in his native land in Ur of the Chaldeans. Then Abram and Naor took wives. The name of Abram's wife was Sarai, and the name of Naor's wife Milcah, the daughter of Haran, the father of Milcah, and the father of Iscah. But Sarai and Terah took his son Abram and his grandson Lot, the son of Haran, and his daughter-in-law Sarai, his son Lot, Abram's wife, and they went out with them from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to the land of Canaan. And they came to Haran and dwelt there. And so the days of Terah were 205 years, and Terah died in Haran. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 picks up the story and says this, Now the Lord had said to Abram, Get out of your country, from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken to him, And Lot went with him. And Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Then Abram took Sarai his wife and Lot his brother's son and all their possessions that they had gathered and the people that they had acquired in Haran and they departed to go to the land of Canaan. So they came to the land of Canaan and Abram passed through the land to the place of Shechem as far as the terebinth tree of Moreh. Then and the Lord and the Canaanites were then in the land. Verse 7 Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your descendants I will give this land. And there Abram built an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. And he moved from there to the mountain east of Bethel. And he pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. There he built an altar to the Lord. And called on the name of the Lord. And so Abram journeyed going on still toward the south. This morning I want to minister a word from the Lord from that passage about leaving and receiving. Leaving and receiving. You may be seated. Abram is an important origin point in God's story of redemption. When you get the story wrong, when you get the story of Abram, and A- who would later become Abraham, wrong, you end up in false religion. And false religion can do some of the most awful things imaginable. False religion and false doctrine is one of Satan's most dangerous blueprints because false religion can morph into the most ferocious, hateful actions and mindsets. We have to get the story of Abraham right. We have to get the origin point right. We have to resist anything that looks like false religion, that looks like getting this story wrong. And we must say that the way of Jesus Christ is about love. It's not about hate. It's about loving your neighbor. It's about loving your enemy. And it's about the fruit of the Spirit that God wants to develop in our life. In a sense, we can go all the way back to Abram and see how God's big story of giving salvation to the world starts right here with one man. How God starts to deal with sin and rebellion in the human race can be traced back to how God calls this one individual out of Ur. And this one man named Abram says, I'm hearing the voice of God. I'm hearing the call of God. I'm going to obey God. Everything we know about God can trace its roots back to this man's faith and his simple obedience in the word of God. And a good way to make sense of things happening in our world today is to take a fresh look at Abram and to get back to the spiritual DNA that makes up what it means to be a follower of God even today in 2023. Brother Dustin, are you saying that we can learn something about what it means to be a person of God today by going back to the 12th chapter of the Bible and seeing what it meant to be a person of God then? I'm saying yes, You can. You, we, we can learn something today in the Spirit. We can respond in faith the same way that Abram did by saying, you know what, there's some things I need to leave behind so that I can receive some things that God has in store for me. We see in Abram a man that everybody wants a piece of. Everybody wants to identify with Abram. Abram is a man of faith. He's called by God. He's a friend of God. He has promises that God has given him that he is wanting to lay hold on. You'll learn later in a couple chapters later in Genesis that Abram isn't, All of those things and nothing more, but Abram's also a fighter. Lot gets kidnapped, and Abram has to lead a reconnaissance mission to go get him. Abram's not willing just to receive, but he's willing to fight for what he has and for what God has given him. Abram is a covenant partner with God. When Abram does business with God, it is serious. It's not stuff that he does just offhanded and just loosely, but it's serious business. Abram is the kind of person that's serious about his relationship with God. You'll see when God's about to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah that Abram is an intercessor and stands in the gap for those who can't and won't pray for themselves. Abram becomes the patriarch or a father of faith. And Abram has a promise from God that says that his destiny is multiplication, that God is going to bless him. When we pick up the story of Abram, we know know nothing of Abram's life up to this point except where he came from. Abram, when we reach this point in Genesis chapter 12, we see that Abram is 75 years old. By the standards of that day, that would have put him about middle age. His father lived to be 205. Abram lived to be, I don't know, I think 180. So Abram is 75 years old. He's in what we would probably classify today as the middle stage of his life. He's not a child. He's not a young man. But Abram was at the point in life where he was fully mature. Abram had settled in his ways. Anybody Know what I'm talking about when I say you've settled in your ways a little bit? All right, we're gonna have to work on honesty this morning. All right. Abram had settled in his ways. He's settled in the people that he has surrounded himself with. He's eliminated the people. You know, he, the he, he's he's kind of formed his crowd, his group that he runs with, his family. Abram already has a story. Abram already has a family tree. There's already. Hear me. There's already expectations on Abram. There's already plans that Abram has for the future. In short, the reason I'm pausing and making sure that we understand that is because Abram is a lot like you and me. Abram is not coming into this story with a clean slate. Abram is coming into this story with a life life that's already developed. He's already set in his ways. He's already has some people around him that look to him. He has expectations that are placed on him. He probably already has some plans that are. He was, Abram was not a drifter. Abram was not a person with no responsibilities, with no one counting on him, with no possessions, with no convictions. Abram was just like you and me. Abram is coming into this story with all of the baggage and all of the things and all of the obligations that every one of us this morning are already acquainted with. Because everybody under the sound of my voice today has the same kind of factors weighing on you. You have obligations. You have people who look to you. You have things that you've accumulated. It may not be much, but you have things that you have accumulated over time, whether it's materials or money. You have beliefs that you already feel strongly about. There's expectations that people have of you to where they expect you to behave a certain way. But when God called Abram, it was time for a life-changing act of faith. Abram had all of these things accumulated. Abram had all of these things already in motion. But when God spoke to Abram in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1, when we have the turning of the page in Abram's life, Abram hears the voice of God. He recognizes the call of God. And he says, all of these things that I've accumulated, all of these things I already have in motion. All of these plans that I have, all of these people that look to me, and all of these expectations that are weighing on me, they count as nothing compared to the call of God on my life. And so Abram took a step of faith. Faith is always demonstrated by obedience. Always. Say, Brother Dustin, how can you make such a... such a uh, A dogmatic, like an ultimatum type of statement like that. It's because I see that in the word of God. There is no such thing as faith without works. Faith is always demonstrated by action, by obedience. With faith, there is always something that comes after belief that says, I believe, and so it's going to come out in my actions. Faith is never in general or in the abstract. We never talk hypothetically about faith. Either you have faith and it's demonstrated or you don't have faith. I hate to put it in such black and white terms because I know that this morning maybe there's some people that are saying, you know what, there's some things I believe on that I haven't acted on yet. I would say that you probably need to re-examine your belief and say, you know what, how much do I believe it? Do I believe it enough to act on it? And if I don't believe in it enough to act on it, do I even believe it at all? I know that puts some of us on the opposite side of the glass than we thought we were, but it is the truth of God's word to say... That any time there is faith, there is always obedience. And when God spoke to Abram, all of his circumstances were real. All the things he accumulated. All the people that were looking to him. All the plans he had in motion. All of those things were real. None of them were in the hypothetical or the abstract. But God spoke to Abram. And when God speaks to us, he is also speaking in the practical, in the real life. He's not talking in some cloud somewhere. He's not talking in the abstract or the hypothetical. But when God speaks a word to us, he's expecting real action. He's expecting real faith. Nothing prepares us. If you read the first 11 chapters of the book of Genesis, nothing prepares us for what Genesis chapter 12 verse 1 says. There is no lead up. There is nothing to suggest that Abram was being groomed his entire life for this moment, prepared for this moment. Nothing prepares us. You look at the end of the book of Joshua, Joshua chapter 24, and Joshua drops a little hint out there when he's talking. It's the passage where he says, but as for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. And Joshua, before he says those famous words, he says, our ancestors long ago served false gods on the other side of the river. Who's he talking about? He's talking about Abraham. He's talking about the fact that Abram came from a place called Ur of the Chaldees, and that's where they tra- traced their literal ancestry to. And he says, our ancestors long ago served gods way far away on the other side of the Euphrates River that were not the one true God. Abram was living a life like everybody else lived. There was no, there's nothing indicating that Abram had been... Prepared for this moment in verse 1 of Genesis chapter 12. But nevertheless, the word of God says that the Lord spoke to Abram and said, Get out of your country. Get away from your family. Move off and out of your father's house to a land that I will show you. He was going about life as usual. And he had an encounter with God. And when you have an encounter with God and your faith gets activated, the first act of faith that you have to have is to say, I'm going to answer the call. I'm going to answer the call. And that's when Abram started to do that thing that's very hard to do, and he started to leave. Verse four says that after God spoke to Abram, Abram said, I'm going to depart as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. And Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Abram decided that this word from God was going to be a transitional point in his life and that he was going to move in the direction of Of Some spiritual landmark that he hadn't gotten to yet and that's the decision that each and every one of us has whenever we hear from God when God speaks to us whether it's through the preached word of God or whether you're in your prayer closet and you're seeking the Lord and the Lord starts to deal with you and prompt you in your spirit when we hear from God and we hear a clear word from God and there's something that we need to do. This is the moment of truth that each and every one of us has. We have to decide, like Abraham, is this going to be a transitional point in my life where life used to be like this, but now I'm going to move my life this direction in the direction that God is showing me? Or am I going to hear this word from God, bury it under a rug somewhere, and move on doing what I've always done? That's the decision that Abraham had. And and sometimes we paint these biblical figures as as superhero status these are ordinary people brothers and sisters you don't believe for, you don't believe that abram had a decision to make sometimes we read and we go from verse three to verse four and we see in verse four so abram got up and he departed from haran and he started following god what we don't read is what i promise took place that abram had some internal struggles that he had to deal with Abram had some spiritual opposition that he was dealing with before he said, before he started moving. Abram had some people that were surrounding him that had different expectations for his life that were saying, Abram, have you lost your ever loving mind? You're telling me that you were walking out in the field yesterday and you heard a voice? tell you to pick up and leave everything that you've ever built up and known, and you're going to leave this place and go to Canaan? Don't, don't That's where the Canaanites live. That's why they call it Canaan. They're, they're wild over there. Those people aren't like us. You're gonna have to fight for everything you get over there. It's very comfortable here, Abraham. Why don't you just stay right here and just be, be content? You're 75 years old. You're in the middle part of your life. I thought you had already settled down, Abram. What we don't see between verse 3 and verse 4 is everything Abram had to fight in order to say, I am going to answer the call of God. I have heard from God. I am a person of faith. And when God says something, I'm going to be obedient to it. It's the very place where in the atmosphere of the room right now this morning, there is very much the same battle being waged In lives all across the sanctuary, because there is a word from God for you behind that have always defined your life and to move forward into the things that God has for you in the Holy Ghost. But internally, there is a a, a period that we are in right now, and I'm in the Holy Ghost for somebody right this second. You are in between verse 3 and verse 4 and before you get up and start moving and leaving some of the things that God is calling you to leave, you're grappling with the expectations, you're grappling with the convenience factor, you're grappling with the fact that it's going to be uncomfortable sometimes and there's voices that are trying to shout down what God is asking you to do. Abram said, I'm going to answer the call. He says, this is what my life is going to be about now. My life may have been about all these false gods. My life, life may have been about accumulating cattle or conducting agriculture or gathering things up or expanding my, my holdings or doing all of these different things. That's what defined my life beforehand. But now that I've heard from God, I've heard from him, he loves me, he has a plan for my life, he's made promises to me, and I am going to leave everything I've ever known if that's what it takes to follow God. I'm going to say, the place that I've called home, I'm not going to call home anymore. The heritage that I used to call my heritage, that's not my heritage anymore. I don't have to have the characteristics that the other members of my family tree have. I'm going to see what God will do, what God will turn me into. That's, that very same action is exactly what is still required of believers today, except we call it repentance. You may say, "Let us not hear what you're saying." And I hear, I hear that radical call of the Spirit to leave behind what this world is doing, and leave behind even some of the things that I have in motion, and to really just sell out to God and do everything that God would have me to do. I hear that call. I hear what you're saying, brother. Doesn't I just don't think that I'm an ideal candidate for that today? And to you, I would say, look back at Abram, seventy-five years old middle-aged back then, settled, had possessions, was married, had family members depending on him, had already established some of his pre-existing spiritual beliefs. And Abram, despite all of that, said, I've heard from God. I'm going to respond to the voice of God. I'm going to be obedient in my faith, and I'm going to walk with God. And when I see a man like Abram, who has all of those factors present in his life, and I see this tremendous act of faith, I ask myself, what's stopping you? What's stopping you? Do you want God to do a new thing, to do a better thing in your life? I want to dig into that for a second because this, this is the real struggle. I don't want to skip past this. I'm going to get to some other things here in a moment. But it's, this, is, this is the stuff of life. This is what holds us back sometimes. God, God's word says that when Jesus is calling away his church. When he comes back for his church, that people are going to be in exactly the same status that I just described that Abraham is in and that I am saying that we are in today. When Jesus returns for his church, there's going to, here's what the word of God says, Luke chapter 17. As it was in the days of Noah, so also it will be in the days of the son of man. They ate, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until that day that Noah entered the ark And the flood came and destroyed them all. So likewise was it that way in the days of Lot. They ate, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built. Everything was just happening. Life was just going on. They were settled in their ways. They were in the middle of their life. They say, surely, surely the Lord's not going to come back when I'm 35. Surely the Lord will come back when I'm 65 or when I'm 85 or when I'm 105. Surely it's not going to happen today. Doesn't the Lord know I have so much going on? Doesn't the Lord know that I have sales lined up this week? Doesn't the Lord know that I have an appointment later this week? That I'm planning on getting married? That I've got this and that and the other and I've got these things in motion and I have people looking to me? Doesn't the Lord recognize that there's a lot going on down here? Jesus went on to say, I tell you that in that night there will be two men in one bed and the one will be taken and the other will be left. Two women will be grinding together and one will be taken and the other will be left. Two men will be in the field, one will be taken, and the other will be left. The Apostle Peter wrote about it, Second Peter chapter 3. He said, knowing this first, that scoffers will come in the last days. Walking according to their own lusts, doing whatever they want to do whatever they can fill their life with, whatever they can lean on and say, you know what, I've settled in this. I've got these obligations and responsibilities and expectations and these plans and these appointments and this direction I'm going and I've got momentum finally in this area of my life and I have all of these things happening, walking according to their own lust, the things that they want to see come to pass and the word of God says that they will say in that day, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, All things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. They say, you know what? Everything's just continued going the way that it's always gone, Brother Joe. Everything's just continuing going on and and nothing seems to be changing. And and in my day-to-day life seems exactly the same. But in the middle of it all, hear me, there is a voice that is speaking, maybe even to you on this Sunday morning, there is a voice that is speaking to you from heaven that is trying to cut through the noise of your life, Abram, and say, Abram, I have a promise for you. Abram, I have a destiny for you, and if we will allow it this morning, Brother Dustin, why are you parking here for so long? Because there is so much noise in our world today. There is so much noise, not just in the world around us, but in your personal world. The things that we have surrounded ourselves with that drown out the voice of God. And I recognize that there may not be another 20 minutes in your entire week than what we are doing right now. Where we don't have something plugged into our ears, sitting in front of our eyes. That could have the potential to drown out what God is speaking to us. So I am stopping and taking time on this Sunday morning to say, Abram, don't you hear God calling? There's an Abram under the sound of my voice today. There are many who God is doing everything that He can, everything He will do to get your attention, including sending me here this morning because He has a calling on your life. He's saying, Won't you? Leave behind all the trivial things and place your hope on the eternal things that I want you to receive today. What I'm talking about isn't a natural thing. Hear me this morning. Abram, was part of a group of people and lived in a time period where mostly they were nomadic they would move from one area to the other so it was natural sometimes that they would pack everything up brother burke and they would move to a new area and they would start setting up in a brand new piece of geography but what god was doing with abram wasn't that This wasn't something that was taking place just in the course of normal human migration. This wasn't Abram saying, you know what, we need to go find some greener pastures for our cattle and our livestock. We need to go find a better water source. We may be able to do better commerce over here in this other location. All of those things happened back then. But understand me this morning, that's not what God was doing. This was a spiritual thing. This was something that God was doing in the supernatural, and there was something spiritual about it. It wasn't about Abram moving on and just increasing his nomadic wanderings across the entire landscape of the Middle East. That wasn't what it is. It's God intervening in the middle of all that and saying, in the middle of all the natural plans you have. In the middle of everything that you might reason out and try to figure out on your own and do all the calculations to see, is this the right move for me? God is breaking through all of that, Abram, and saying there is a spiritual thing that I desire to do that transcends any plans you might make in the natural about where to go and what to do and how to conduct your business. I'm going to do it better, Abram, if you'll just follow me. And I'm declaring to you today that there is a way to respond in faith to what God is calling you into in this day and age that signifies that you are leaving what has always had you bound. And I'm desiring to step into the freedom that only comes from following God. What is it about leaving that leads to receiving? It's that leaving creates the space for what God wants to do and give. We, I said it a second ago, our lives get, become so crowded that there are times when we feel like even if God wanted to do something in my life, I don't have the room, the time, the space, the attention span in my life to accommodate what God really wants to do. And to that person that maybe feels that way and that that has some kind of, that resonates a little bit with you today, I would say to you, what Abram did is for you today. You need to leave behind some things, you need to cut some things out because it's in the leaving that you can get to the receiving. God promised Abram a whole lot of things and said, Abram, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to multiply you. I'm going to do this and that. You have a destiny. I'm going to write, your story is going to be remembered through every generation. But none of that would have been possible if Abram would have held on for dear life and said, You know what? I like all that, God. I want that, and I want this too. wasn't going to work. Abram had to say, I'm going to detach from the way life has always been, and I'm going to step into everything God has for me. After Abram left, after, you can read about it in Genesis chapter 12. You can see it. This is the sequence of events. After Abram left, it says in verse 4 so Abram got up, packed up his stuff, and started departing and moving from that place to go to the place that God was calling him to. He was in motion. Some things. Start. He, he said, you know what? I've heard the call of God and I'm going to make a move. I'm going to respond in faith. And so he packs up and starts to depart. And that's when God speaks to him again. And it's when God speaks to him again that things start being released in the supernatural that the promises of God really start coming alive for Abram. I want to read to you from verse 7 as the musicians come. It says, Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your descendants I will give this land. To your descendants I will give this land. And there he built an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. And he moved from there to the mountain east of Bethel, And he pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east, and there he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. I'm going to make it very easy to apply what the word of God in Genesis chapter 12 means for us today, because there's a few details that are worth noting, noting, and every part of it is significant. Every part of what Abram did is significant and tells us what we need to do and what it means to start receiving from God. When Abram received the promise that God would give, here's what he did. He'd already started moving. He'd already said, I'm going to repent. I'm going to move away from the way things have always been that don't please God, that aren't God's perfect will. I'm going to get away from those things. I'm going to depart. I'm going to start going this other direction. That's what Abram had already done it. And it's when Abram is walking away and starts to leave those things and go in the direction that God is pointing him, that God speaks again. And God says, Abram, I'm going to give everything in this land to your descendants. And when God spoke that to Abram, and Abram heard the voice of God again and recognized everything he was about to receive from God. Watch what Abram did. Abram acted immediately. He did something immediately. And what did he do? The word of God says he set up a new camp. He built an altar. He sacrificed on that altar. And he called on the name of the Lord in an act of dedication and worship. Let me declare this to you today. You have a promise from God. And if you will leave, you can receive. If you will leave, you can receive. This is the promise of God. Let me, let me bring it a little closer to home because Genesis chapter 12 feels so far away. Let me bring it a little closer to home and tell you what the book of Acts says. Then Peter answered and said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise, what promise? The promise is unto you. We're talking about the same promise. The promise is unto you and to your children. And to as many as are far off, even as many as the Lord our God will call. Stand with me this morning. I believe there's people of faith here this morning. And I want to describe you the same way that I described Abraham. You're called. You're a friend of God. You've got promises. You're willing to fight for them. You do serious business with God. There's some intercessors that are here. There's some patriarchs and family leaders who are here. And you have a destiny of multiplication and blessing. And anytime we hear a word from God, it requires a response from us. And so this morning, I want to call each and every one of us to a response in faith. If you are fed up with the sin and the systems of this world, if you feel bound by things in your life that you just can't get loose from, if you will start the act of leaving all of that behind this morning, God will start something new in your life. In a few moments, we're gonna have a time of repentance together, but let me make very clear, I wanna be absolutely crystal clear because I do not want you to feel like we've talked in the abstract today. Just like Abraham, once you repent, once you leave, there's another set of actions we need to take. We're all gonna repent together here in just a moment and we're gonna gather up around the front of this building and the Lord's gonna pour out his spirit and we're gonna have some baptisms and God's gonna start working. But after you repent, after you leave and say, you know what, I'm done with those things, I'm gonna face myself another direction, I'm gonna go go with God, you need to do a few things. Same thing Abram did. You need to act quickly. You need to make up your mind that I'm going to linger. What did he do? He set up a camp. What's that mean for us? It means I'm going to linger long enough to experience the presence of God. Get to an altar. Get to an altar. That's what Abram did. I'm talking about we need to get back to our spiritual DNA. Abram got to an altar. This morning, become a living sacrifice and fully repent and do like Abram. What did Abram do whenever he had that altar? Did you catch the detail? He called on the name of the Lord. If you've never had the name of Jesus called over you in water baptism, that's what you need. That's what you need the most. You need it today. You don't need to wait another day, you don't need to wait another week. You need to say, I'm going to do some serious stuff with God today. I'm going to repent of all of those things. I'm going to leave, and then I'm going to start receiving everything that God has for my life. I want to be baptized in the name of Jesus. I'm going to call upon the name of the Lord because it is the only saving name. Does anybody in the house of the Lord know that there's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved? The name of Jesus still works. And if you call on the name of Jesus, you'll leave behind everything that's attached itself to you. God can start something brand new in your life, Abram. He can start to write a new chapter in your life. And everybody that's around you can stand in amazement and say, look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. I'm going to lead us in repentance right now. As I do, I want us to pray together, and I want us to start gathering around the front of the building. Can we do that right now? Let's lift up our hands right now and start to move towards the front of this building. Heavenly Father, Lord, there's things that I acknowledge that I have fallen short in. Lord, I, I want to repent right now. I need forgiveness of my sin. I'm sorry for the way that I've lived. I'm sorry for the things that I've said. Lord, even maybe some of the things that I've thought that I've allowed to live in my mind that I haven't taken dominion over. Lord, I ask your forgiveness, Lord, and I know that you're just and and quick to forgive me because you're a loving Father. Lord, I need to be purged and wiped clean on the inside. I want to be completely clean before you, O God. Come on, can you continue to repent right now? Someone needs to kneel down at one of these altars and one of these steps. We don't need to linger around the sides. We need to build a camp right out here in the middle of what God's doing and say, you know what, today's my day. I'm going to leave some things behind. I'm going to start receiving what God has for me. Lord, I don't just ask for forgiveness of my sin, but Lord, I dedicate myself right now. And I say that I'm leaving things behind and I'm going a different direction. Lord, I'm leaving things behind. Lord, I'm going to turn my life right now. Lord, in so much as I can, to the very best of my ability, I'm going to dedicate my soul, my mind, my body, my strength. And I'm going to...